story of when Jesus says, if you want to be my follower, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And they were, and everyone was like, that is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Um, and, and so, and he, and, he, and he gave us three people, to, or three, I guess, categories. A quitter who just hears that and just is like, nope, don't want any part of that. A pretender who hears it and, and, and wants to, maybe has some good intentions, but, but can't, can't follow through. They just, they, every time it gets tough, they, or, or they even fake it, or they even put, just put a smile on their face and continue on. Um, and then there's the follower, the one who takes the message, humbly accepts it, and holds on to it. Um, and so I think, I think Jamal did a great job last week. I think he just, he, he, gave, it, he gave it perspective. He gave each uh, category a, a, a life and a challenge, and, and it was really convicting for me. And so I wanted to kind of, because I think sometimes we can view these things as performances sometimes. We can be like, that was a great sermon. Jamal did a great job. Wow, what an excellent speaker he is. He made me laugh. He kept me entertained. It was amazing. And, and it's like, but did you, did you listen? Did you look back at your notes? Did you try and apply it continually throughout the week? Or was it just a cool performance? Did you go to a concert, sing some songs, hear a guy's perspective on the word, and just move on? And so what does it take to, to do this every week, to hear a message, to apply it, and to, and to continue forward with it? And that's sort of the mindset of the follower. And so, you know, if you, I, I'm not too much for titles or whatnot, but my title for this week is, is Can You Accept It? Um, and this idea of in John 6 where it says, wow, this is a hard teaching. They heard the, they heard the flesh and the blood stuff and they were like, whoa, how are we supposed to do that? Who can accept it? And I think it's the heart of the follower. The follower who wants to, who wants to, to take that and, 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 and humbly accept it. And so the thing that we need to focus on is humility. And the person that we need to focus on is Jesus. And so if we, if we want to pick one thing about Jesus that we need to imitate, it's going to be humility. And so, you know, if you're, if you're in the campus, this, uh, this message has been, you know, pounded over and over and over again. Because this is absolutely Emily's favorite topic of all time. And so I, I went over this with her. And I made sure that this got the Emily Poppenberg seal of approval. All right, so this, this message definitely has the, uh, the, the seal of approval. Um, so she was, she, was, she was very excited that when I told her that this is what I was going to, there it is. Just waiting for it. And then there it is. So, and so we, uh, so I just wanted to go over kind of, okay, it's literally, the, this section in the Bible is titled Imitating Christ's Humility. It's in Philippians 2. And so we're going to go to Philippians 2, but before we start reading, I am going to pray. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, uh, uh, thank you for your word. Thank you for your son. Thank you for the, the, the example that we get to imitate, God. Uh, I pray uh, this morning that uh, we can all be uh, humble followers of you, uh, that we can uh, hear your message that you're speaking this morning, God, and we can humbly accept it, God. I pray that I can get out of the way this morning uh, with my insecurities, with my 
lack of confidence with my fumbling through my words or my desire to be funny or entertaining, God, I just pray that I can get out of the way and that you can speak through me, God. Please, uh, please stop me from saying anything that would be contrary to your word or contrary to what you want people to listen to, God. Please uh, break that down. Um, I love you so much, and it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, we're going to go into this. Um, I hope you're ready. I hope you are ready. So we're going to start in Philippians 2. We're going to start in verse 1. Good place to start. And so uh, it says, or no, we're not going to start in verse 1. We're going to start in verse 3. I'm skipping ahead. All right. And so it says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. This is a powerful piece of scripture right here, guys. This is, this is something that is like, I, I hope we don't miss stuff in here. Because it says, do nothing out of vain conceit or selfish ambition. Um, and, and, it's just, and, it's, and it's very clear. It's nothing. Zero. You know, we are not doing anything out of our own hearts. And so what does it look like to imitate Christ's humility? I think sometimes we can think imitating Christ's humility is, oh, I've got to make sure that I highlight that how bad of a person that I am. That I have to say, no, I'm terrible. Don't look at me. Oh, shield your eyes like I'm a terrible person. No one, no one should be in my presence. Oh, my gosh. Like I'm a terrible person. I, 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 I. It's like, wait, if we're hu- imitating Christ's humility, we shouldn't be thinking about ourselves. What is this scripture saying? It says, value not look to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Um, and so what does humility look like? Humility looks like you give credit where credit is due. You walk into every situation wondering how you can serve people. You, can, you, 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 you come into wherever you are, not just on a Sunday or on a Wednesday. You, you go into your workplace with a, oh, I need to serve today. I need to imitate Christ and how he served. Because for us to think, oh, I need to beat myself down a few blocks to make sure that I am humble, that's not imitating Christ's humility. Because Christ didn't have to knock himself down a few, but he was perfect. <laughs> and so if we're going to imitate his humility, how did he do it? How did he have humility? He took his own advantage, which was being in very nature God, and he used it to help other people. So what advantages do you have? What, what, what opportunities do you have? And do you always use those opportunities for yourself or do you use those opportunities for others? Um, and I think a key point about this is that we have to, we have to think of this like, we have to think of this about like pie. 
you know, it, 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 because the, there's, a, there's a phrase that you have to take a slice of humble pie. And so, you know, so you've got to have a slice of it. And if you guys don't know who this is, this is a rapper. He has a famous song. His name is Kendrick Lamar. He has a famous song called Humble. I don't think he's talking about imitating Christ's humility. But uh, I, think, I think he's, he's saying we need to sit down and be humble. And so that's what, you know, I, that's the only rapper that I'm going to quote in this whole sermon. So don't worry. I'm not going to go into a whole rapper thing. But so, you know, because there's something amazing about pie, right? Like, like when you bite into it, it's delicious. It's warm. And so when you take your own slice of pie, you know, you can enjoy it. And, you, and so if you're taking a slice of humble pie, you're, okay, I'm going to take this slice. I'm going to enjoy it. But if you try and get, you know, selfish, if you try and do things for your own glory, God's still going to give you some pie. But it's going to look more like this. He's going to slap that humble pie in your face. And you're not really going to be able to enjoy it. I mean, yeah, you might be able to lick some stuff off the sides, but it's like there's a whole pie in the ground and no one's really happy with you. And so don't, don't get into a situation where God's having to slap it in your face. Um, and so, fun analogy, but so, okay, David, how do, we, how do we get this into practice? Well, I just think we need to realize our place. We need to realize, okay, what are, what are we doing when we walk into situations with humility? And I think Jesus helps us out a lot with that, with, a, with, a, with an analogy in Luke 14. So in Luke 14, we're starting in verse 7. And so Jesus is at this gathering, and he, and he noticed how the guests picked their places of honor at the table. He told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both, uh, both of you, wait, sorry. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Then, humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And so, what is this, what is this trying to say? It's once again, it's, it's Philippians 2. It's somebody has some advantages, but they're not using those advantages for their own glory. They're making sure, oh, I need to sit at the, you know, at the most humble spot on the table so that not because you're like, oh, I need to make sure I sit at the lowest spot because then someone will definitely bump me up to a better spot. You know, like that's the, my motivation. That's not, come on, guys, that's not the motivation that we need to have. But it's that I, the way to humility is, 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 through, is through taking the least, is taking the role of a servant, is to take a step back and say, I need to use what I have for others rather than use it to bump myself up. And so... When we, because then we start to get kind of delusional. We start I like to get this person like, oh, I deserve to sit here, and then the person, the the guy who's running the show is like, no, you don't deserve to sit there. So just go ahead and sit at the kids' table in the back. Uh, you know, I always hated sitting at the kids' table at Thanksgiving because I was just like. But then I realized I got to the adults' table and they were talking about like taxes and and politics and I was like wait I'm gonna go sit back at the kids table it was more fun Um, (laughs) but you never want to get humiliated and so that's the thing with humility is that it's not humiliation 
if you do it to your, you know, if you are, if you are taking the, the humble role yourself. You know, it's always humiliating when someone makes you take the humble route by knocking you down a few pegs. That's when it's humiliation. So you don't need to do that to yourself. You know, you, I, I mean, you don't need to humiliate yourself like, oh, I'm a, such a terrible person. Woe is me. Like, I'll never be good for anything. It's just, no, it's, it's I need to be a servant. I need to be, I know that's kind of a hard, I just don't want you guys walking away with, oh, I just need to like always constantly remind myself how, how much of a terrible person I am. And so, and, and I realized that Philippians, so I tried to put that into words just now, but Philippians does a much better job. And this, I don't have a slide for this, but I, I, was, re, I was thinking about this this morning as I was continuing to prepare, I guess. And, it, and, in, and in chapter 3, verse 7, it says, but wherever, whatever were gains to me, now I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. So he's saying, I consider them garbage. I don't consider myself garbage. I consider my worldly possessions. I consider my worldly title. I consider all of the accolades that I've accounted for in my whole life. I consider them garbage in comparison to knowing Christ. Not, I don't consider myself garbage. And so it's not a self-hatred that humility is. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, more, of a, it's more of a sober mind. It's more of a, a humble perspective on life that, no, I don't need to think uh, in this way of, of uh, how good am I or how, how much am I compared to other people because it's all garbage when we compare it to knowing Christ. And then once again, Philippians is a lot better than me at explaining this because in chapter 4, starting in verse uh, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is admirable, uh, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Think about things that are true. Think about things that are, that are right, noble, admirable, praiseworthy. Guys, th- these are the things we need to be thinking about, not how bad of a person or, or, how, or how short we fall from, you know, God's glory. We, we don't need to focus on those things. We need and to be humble. To be humble, we just need to take the role of a servant. Use our own advantages for the, for the glory of others because this is what Jesus did. This is how he lived. And it's very, very evident if you pay attention in the Gospels. This is how he lived. And how did he do this? With a lot of prayer. <laughs> That's what Philippians is talking about. In every situation, don't be anxious about anything, but give your petitions to God. So we need to have humility in prayer. And so... I wanted to look at a situation that is actually in John 6. So it was literally before what Jamal talked about last week where he fed the 5,000. 
and and it's and it's always interested me. This this part has always intrigued me about what this what this means for Jesus's character. And so in um, in John six, it's it's at the end of the story here, uh, the end of the story of him feeding the five thousand. And you know, just like when you give people food, they get all super excited. And, you know, they're ready to go. And so starting in verse 14, they're like, after the people saw the sign Jesus performed, which was just that he gave them a bunch of food from not a lot of food, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who, who has come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. And so we can look, we can look at this and be like, oh, wow, okay, yeah, yeah, why would Jesus want to be king? You know, it's like, of course, he's, he's already king. Like, why? But, but if, you, if you think about all the times in the Bible where Jesus withdrew away to pray, um, I actually have a list for you right here. Um, is that this is, these are the instances where Jesus retreated to pray. And, you know, and, and the scripture in John is one of them. It's not on the list. I just gave it to you. But, um, and of course, there's four times where he withdrew to pray, and they're all the same instance in Gethsemane. But Jesus constantly was doing this. He was constantly like, one second, I need, I, I need, I need a sec- give me a second. And he'll go away and pray. And he'll go away and make sure, or he'll stay up all night praying. And, it, and it's always in a secluded place where no one can get to him on top of a mountain or, or, you know, or by himself or in the middle of the night. He's constantly going to pray. And so, because why? And, and I think this scripture in John kind of highlights it because it was a serious temptation for him. And, 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 you know, I'm not trying to speculate here because it gives it to us in Matthew 4. Um, when Jesus was in the desert and Satan was coming to tempt him, he used this at the very end. So he, you can most likely say that Jesus is at the end of his rope here. So this is what, okay, if I couldn't get him with food and if I couldn't get him with protection from God, I'm definitely going to get him with this because the devil isn't an idiot. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, Satan said, if you bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. You know, what is, what is, what is Satan tempting Jesus with? All the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. What, was, what were the people at the end of the story of the fi- feeding the 5,000 trying to do? Make him king by force. Jesus wanted to rule over us. I mean, he wanted, he wanted to every, for everyone to know that he was God. That was his thing. That's what he wanted us to realize. But so, so the temptation was, oh, these people are going to make me king by force? They're going to serve me? Awesome. That's exactly what I wanted. That was my goal, right? It's like, No. <laughs> it wasn't. His goal was to die for everybody and save them through, you know, God's power and the Holy Spirit and that sacrifice. Not just to make him an earthly king that, that could lord over everybody, but it was a temptation for him. I truly believe Satan's not, a, you know, using this just whatever. Like, that was something Jesus struggled with. And so when you see in John 6, when Jesus is faced with this temptation of, oh my gosh, I have an opportunity to become king by force here. Ooh, am I, am, am, I the conquering, am I the conquering king or am I the servant king? And he had to, and he, and he, so, he, so he saw that and he immediately ran to pray. 
He didn't run to his disciples. He didn't say, guys, I really need you guys to pray for me here. I, no, he, he was like, no, I need to go. I need to get out of here. I need to pray. I need God to take this away from me um, because I, I don't want this mindset to, 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 to sink in, to, to, uh, to soak through because I, I, I'm, that's not what I'm here for. And so he was constantly reminding himself how he needed to stay humble, even though he didn't need to be. <laughs> He's Jesus. He is God. But he didn't want to use that for our advantage, his advantage. This mindset of, of I need to be humble, it, it is a reliance on God. It, it's, a, it's, it's a steadfast, you know, I just need to constantly pray and constantly be uh, attached to God, like attached to his hip. Because, guys, I got some news for you. Nobody in this room is Jesus. I'm not Jesus. And so if we think we can make it through this world by praying less than Jesus prayed, we're in for some serious trouble, guys. We're, we're in for some serious hurt. Because I believe that because Jesus prayed so much that he was able to overcome that temptation, because he was constantly in prayer and retreating away when he felt tempted, that he had this, 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 um, this serious lock on his brain that he wasn't going to give in to temptation and sin. That's, I think that's one of the keys to, to it all. That and constantly being around his disciples and serving, which is, gets us back to this. I mean, he went up to a mountainside to pray. And he didn't want to be alone for too long, so he literally walked on water to get back to his disciples. I mean, he literally, it was like, he was pray, and then once I'm done praying, I'm not going to sit around and lay, and lay down and start scrolling through my phone and stuff like this and wait for my disciples to come pick me back up. No, I'm going to start walking on the water because they're, they're over there. I see them. They're on, <laughs> I'm just going to get to them. So he was constantly in prayer and constantly around each other because you know, if we're serving, if we're being a servant, we have to have someone that we're serving. And so, so guys, this, this humility thing, this imitating Christ's humility, he was constantly serving. And if he was overwhelmed, he was in prayer. And if he was tired, he slept, even though there was a storm going on at the time. You know, like, like, guys, we, it, there's so much to imitate with Jesus in these scriptures. There's so much to, to, to wrap our minds around that we, we should be constantly in our word and constantly in prayer, begging God to help us understand. I know that's a scary prayer to say, God, please humble me. That's a very scary prayer to pray. Um, and I've made that prayer. And the outcome was very scary. I had, I, it just seemed like everybody just constantly got the courage enough to, to criticize me. <laughs> Every step I took, they were like, bro, you got a really bad heart about all of this. And I was like, you've never told me anything like that before. Why did you start doing that now? I remember having um, a D time with someone where I, where I was leading the D time and somebody, uh, another guy that was in the D time just started taking over and was just, and was giving good advice, like super solid advice, going to every scripture. And after the D time was over, like he came up and was like, man, how did you think that went? Do you think like he accepted that advice that I gave him? Or what, do you, what did you think? How did that go? What can we do better? And I was like, bro, you just took it over, man. Like that was my D time. Like I was supposed to be leading that. Like it really hurt my feelings. I was trying to do it in a way that was like, whatever. And then he kind of just stared at me like, who are we trying to help? We're trying to help this guy. Like I thought, 
and, and he was smart about it. He didn't rebuke me right then. He brought my campus minister to come in and rebuke me. But it was, it was a moment where I just, like, I realized, like, I wasn't even thinking about the goal that I was trying to accomplish, which was to help this young disciple. I was thinking about making sure that he knew that I was helping him, not, not that we were just trying to get the point across. Because the other guy did a way better job than I did. You know, and so I, I want you guys to have the courage to pray that prayer. God, show me the ways that I could be more humble. And, and, and it's scary, I know. But I guarantee you, that's what Jesus was praying. And, and I can guarantee it because if we look in the, in, the, in, in the Garden of Gethsemane, what is he praying? Not my will, but your will. You can be honest. You can say, God, I don't want to do this. Please help me have a better heart about this. Please, please give me the, the ability to push through on this. But you, but you have to be ready <laughs> to say, not, but not my will, your will. And so um, I think there's a, there's, because the spirit is, is, is the key to all this as well. Um, and, 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 and you do have to have a humility in, in spirit because it's the spirit that dwells in us now. You know, Jesus, Jesus isn't around anymore. Uh, we only have him through the scriptures. And so the way that we, that we have a shot is through the spirit. And so tapping into that, um, there's a scripture in um, Galatians that um, is, uh, we don't, I don't think we read very often because it's just before the list of those sins that we so easily get overwhelmed by. But uh, I wanted to kind of go through this for a second. And okay, what is this saying about humility? And what is this saying about the spirit helping us through that? You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. The entire law. Wow. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. Wow. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. We're led by the Spirit, guys. If we, if we, if we have made Jesus Lord of our lives... If we have committed our lives to him, we, have, we are living, we are being led by the Spirit. So we need to allow the Spirit to lead. So once again, humility, giving credit to the Spirit for leading us. And what, is the, what does the Spirit not do? It does not gratify the desires of our flesh. And what is the desires of our flesh? The desire to, you know, for me personally, it's the desire to have credit. For people to be like, yeah, that guy accomplished a great thing. Yeah, that was, that was, man, that was a great job. You did an excellent job. Like, I can depend on you. That's what I want. That's what I crave. I want everybody to tell me, like, I can depend on you. I'm going to give you a task and you can accomplish it. Like, you're going to be responsible. I want, I want that so bad. And when I don't get it, I'm just, I'm constantly salty. Like, they should have given me credit and they didn't give me credit. 
that's what that's what the that's what the flesh wants. That's what I want. That's uh, and 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 so because I can read this scripture and say, okay, serve one another humbly in love. I feel like I serve people humbly, but they don't serve me. You know, so I guess you know I'm constantly I'm constantly giving, but uh, no one's given to me. Are, are, aren't they supposed to read this scripture and humbly, humbly serve me? That's what that scripture's saying, right? You know, I don't know. I guess, I guess, I guess this one, you know, this one, this one church service, I'm, I'm just, you know, going to wait for people to humbly serve me before I can, before then I can actually humbly serve them, you know. And uh, you know that whole like verse 15, if you bite and devour each other, you know, I don't think we're literally biting and devouring each other. But if we let that seed grow in our minds, that's what it's going to lead to. You know, because when someone tries to humbly serve us, we're, finally, we're like, finally, geez. Like, how, did it take you forever? Like, you finally prayed, right? Like, gosh, thanks for humbly serving me right now. Golly, geez, thank you so much. I was waiting for that. You know, waiting for you to, to, to fulfill the scriptures. No, guys, come on. Yeah, I know that that's like. I know I'm like, I'm like going into that mindset a little bit too much, but like we totally thought that before. I'm not even joking. That's what I think sometimes like, oh man, this is such a weight to humbly serve when no one's humbly serving me. But once again, with the whole like, oh, I'm going to sit at the humble spot of the table because I know they're going to upgrade me. You know, it's the wrong, you're, you're coming at it with the wrong mindset. Humbly serving someone is not expecting anything in return. Humbly serving someone is I get such joy out of meeting people's needs and meeting their and, 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 and being there for them that I'll get my I'll get whatever I need from God later on in prayer and reading scripture. If we're waiting for people to take care of us, we're gonna be constantly disappointed because none of you are God or Jesus. Like we I know, like, we, we get a lot of satisfaction from people telling us how, how, you know, encouraging things. But that can't be the only source of encouragement that we get. Because eventually someone's going to disappoint you. Someone's going to say something. And if you're not getting it from God and the Spirit, that's going to affect your relationship with God and the Spirit. Because you're like, God, where, what in the heck? Like, these people are not helping me. You said that they were going to help me. No, <laughs> no, he didn't. He actually didn't. He did give us the command to uh, encourage one another daily. But I think that was more directed at you and not everyone else. Yeah, I'm actually positive it was directed at you and not everyone else. That's the mindset you need to have. No, that one was for me. I'm supposed to be encouraging one another daily as long as it is called today. I'm supposed to be let, not letting any unwholesome talk come out of my mouth, but what is useful for building others up. That's me. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. If everyone else, and if we all have that mindset, the funny thing is, we'll all be taken care of. Because if everyone is thinking, how can I serve everyone else? Not just the cute girl that you like. Not just that, that one guy that we know will give us that affection back. Not the guarantee, you know, that one guy who's just like, yeah, if I serve him, he's going to make me feel like I'm doing really good serving, serving it. No, without, without, uh, I'm just going to use the word, without prejudice, without, uh, without 
an extra thought. We're just serving. You walk into a church service and you say, "How? where, where can I serve? I see that person sitting by themselves. I'm going to go sit down and talk to them. I don't know them, but I'm going to sit down and talk to them. I'm going to get to know them. You walk into, you walk into a, uh, a midweek service and you're just like, man, the AC doesn't feel like it's working. I'm going to go complain. I'm going to sit down and, hmm. no, I'm going to see how I can serve. Hey, is there anything like, do you, what do you, I, I noticed that AC is not really, how can I help? You know, what can I do? Because if we walk into to church services with the mindset of how are people going to serve me, like I said, you miss the point. It's not the point. And it's not going to create an atmosphere in which people are going to want to come into and be welcomed in. So this idea of be, starting with a humble mindset of where can I serve? I'm going to use my advantages to the benefit of others. You know, I'm going to use my time because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm having consistent daily quiet time. So I don't need a church, a sermon on Sunday. So I'm going to go serve in the kids' kingdom. I'm going to go make sure the kids are being, are being adequately taken care of. You know, it's like, oh, I've got this, this, I feel like I got this, you know, in the shower it sounds like I can sing pretty well. So, you know, like, even though, even though 7.30 is kind of, it's kind of early, hey, I'm going to go ask and see if they need help with the worship team. Um, it's, it's how can I serve? How can I be of use? How can I, how can I glorify God through my actions? Because that's what Jesus was thinking of, you know, and, and that's what enabled him to do the hard things that he did in his life. And so full circle, we're going to bring it back to Philippians 2. Because, you know, it's impossible to do this kind of lesson and not think about communion. To, to think about, this is my body, which was broken. Do this in remembrance of me. This is my blood, which was sacrificed. Do this in remembrance of me. And, and we're remembering, and we're having the same mindset of Jesus. We're imitating his humility. And so we're doing this in remembrance of him. So we're doing this for each other as well. We're not doing, taking communion for our own just personal relationship with God, which we are. It, we totally are. But it's, that's not the only part. It's, it's also we're doing it so that we can have the same mindset of Jesus for everyone else too. And so let's read this again as we, as we prepare our thought, our minds for communion. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in an appearance of, as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus did not need to be humble, but he did anyway. He didn't need to step down from heaven to do this, but he did anyway. We have every reason in the world to be humble. We're, 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 we, 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 have, we have horrible hearts. We sin. We, we, we constantly forget the power of God. All these things, but we choose to be prideful instead because we want to hold on to something. 
So this scripture is definitely, uh, we need to switch that mindset of, of, I want something, I want credit, I want make sure I get my, my own whatever, whatever it is. I want to make sure I, I get mine. But we need to imitate Jesus who had everything and decided, no, these people need me. So I'm going to make sure I, I make myself like a servant. And that is, that is the humility of Jesus. And that is what we are remembering this morning for when we, when we take the bread, when we take the wine, when we, when we remember that this is, this is symbolic of his body, this is symbolic of his blood, this is symbolic of his sacrifice, not, you know, and not just for ourselves and our own personal relationship with God, but for everyone else around us. And so as we do that, let's pray. Um, uh, dear God, uh, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, God. You, uh, you are an amazing father, um, allowing Jesus to come down here, um, leaving your side, uh, allowing him to come down and sacrificing his life so that we can now focus on him and use him as our catalyst in our relationship with you. Um, and uh, I just so greatly appreciate that, God. So greatly appreciate uh, Jesus um, and uh and 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 your mindset, Jesus, and your 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 prayer life, and your undivided devotion to your Father. I'm so grateful for you and your sacrifice, God, and, and Jesus and the Spirit. It's just it's so amazing, and uh, just thank you so much, God. You are you are an amazing Father, Jesus. You are an amazing example, and uh, I love you so much. And it's in your name that I pray. Amen.